0: On today's question of faith, can I become a priest if I get my marriage annulled? Hey, everybody! This is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes here in the Diocese of
1: Cleveland. I am the director of Young Adult Ministry, and I am Father Damien Ferrance, vicar for Evangelization.
2: And I'm Terry Yumman the director of Marriage and Family Ministry.
1: Hey, Terry, how are you?
2: I'm wonderful. Yourself?
0: Thanks for being our third host today.
2: Absolutely. Third time's
1: a charm. Terry, you have a lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: are so rotten. <laughs> it's we're, from yelling, not smoking.
1: <laughs> it's great. We're all just talking
0: about the hideous, melodious sounds of our own voices and how much we all probably don't like them. I'll do my best.
1: I don't like to listen back. Right.
0: But I like talking to you all. There you go. Same here.
2: Amen.
0: And yeah, Be speaking... Strong. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead. I said, preach on, preach on.
0: <laughs> so you know, first of all, this is a real question from uh, someone who I'll call Kevin who wanted to remain anonymous. And uh, first of all, I wanted to say, sorry that your marriage seems to be in trouble, Kevin. That was the uh, first thought I had about this, you know, thinking about the other side of uh, of marriage and annulment. And so I, I guess the first question I ask is, you know, wh- what is an annulment? What does it actually mean?
2: Well, I think when you start to think of this annulment, we there's a difference between annulment and a divorce, right. and so I think that's a, an important first step for us to talk about.
0: Right. Yeah. This isn't Catholic divorce. This is this is something else. So, so what is it if it's not a Catholic divorce?
2: Well, the annulment's the process after the divorce has already occurred, and it's that something was there at the beginning that stopped this from being a wedding, a marriage, in full, in sacrament.
0: Right. Yeah. Because pe- people will often say that, you know, oh, it means that the marriage didn't exist. And they'll say, well, what do you mean it does the marriage doesn't exist? I was there. You know, it's like I was at the wedding. It doesn't mean that a wedding didn't take place.
2: Right. So something stopped the the two people from fully entering into the marriage.
1: And you're right. What you're saying is true, that the church will go back and examine the relationship, and in an annulment, recognize that what was supposed to be there from the beginning um, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. I'm not a canonist, so I always feel, I always feel like. Could do philosophy pretty well and theology pretty well, but when it comes to canonists, I'm wondering if there's a canon lawyer listening who could make better distinctions than me. That's true. So, um, yeah, that's that's. I just wanted to say that out loud. That's fine. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so I've taken canon law, so I'll take a crack at it, even though I am not a canonist either. But you know, canon law is the way we the, the way we live out our theology. Correct. You know, it's it's and and the law always bends toward mercy is the other thing that we always want to say about canon law. So. Basically, what we're saying is that at some point, whatever needed – whatever was necessary for a sacrament to take place, there was something there missing, whether that's someone didn't intend to be faithful. Hmm. Someone
1: didn't intend to have children. Right. Someone yeah, those are t- the two biggest examples, mm-hmm. probably.
0: Struggles
2: right? Struggles with mental health, domestic mm-hmm. violence. There right. could be all those things.
0: Yeah, someone. Yeah, someone withheld. Someone withheld something, right? Like uh, they didn't. They didn't disclose that they had a mental illness or they, or an addiction of
1: some sort, or someone wasn't able to give consent. Uh, right. Fully. Yes. Yeah. Right. Again, yeah. I'm not speaking Sh- as a canonist, but as a philosopher mm-hmm. and a yeah. former parish priest. Because Sh- I took canon law, too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sh- shock and wedding is a great example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, it's mm-hmm. a, you, you come free and without obligation yeah. to the to the wedding. I so. think,
2: too, people sometimes get confused because they're like, well, why do we have to go through this? It's been 30 years. What am I doing with this? And it's like, well, this is the process that we have, and there's a reason for it. And it's not always about that specific um. Marriage and the annulling of that one, it could be also that the second time around someone couldn't could be stopped from doing this to someone else mm-hmm. if there is a fatal flaw in the character or an ability for them to join into marriage fully. we want to be aware of that mm-hmm. and and it's also um, can be very healing for some people to go through the annulment process, not always, but sometimes it's a very healing um, process for individuals to go through.
1: Yeah, it must be said that the Catholic Church takes marriage most seriously in terms of our preparation for it, in terms of uh, the the paperwork that needs to be done, but uh, the fact that you have to make... uh, pre-Cana day that you meet mm-hmm. with your priest, all those sorts of things, so that when it comes to that day and you make those vows, you you mean what you say and you say what you mean. Um, but even so, sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. So rather than just saying, well, that really didn't count, we want to go back and say, no, we we believed what you said at this point. So now if this didn't work the way that we had all hoped it would. Let's figure out what happened here and maybe from the beginning what was supposed to be there wasn't there. So this isn't an omens don't exist so the church can punish people or make people feel bad. It's actually for healing. And because we take marriage so darn seriously that we do these sorts of things. That's perfect. I yeah. want
2: to go back to the beginning part though, yeah. Kevin's question. Mm-hmm. Can he become a priest if his marriage is annulled right we still haven't gotten to that point so
0: we're talking about another sacrament on top of on, mm-hmm. on top of marriage, we're talking about holy orders, so what's holy orders
1: <laughs> oh yeah well it's I w- first I want to answer the question mm-hmm. yes it's it's possible and i'm not going to speak to Kevin individually because i don't know him or his situation, but is it possible for a man who's who was married but the marriage was annulled to apply to the seminary and Become ordained. It is possible because I've known two priests who were who were married and their marriages were annulled. So it is right. possible,
0: and I know of one. So okay. it's, yeah, so that that's mm-hmm. right. So that is certainly possible that someone is now eligible, shall mm-hmm. we say, to to enter into the seminary process. Um, but what would be some considerations be here?
1: Um, well, just like any other man who would apply mm-hmm. to the seminary he would have to have a recommendation from his pastor he'd have to go through psychological evaluations he'd have to be free to um, free free of any impediments that would keep him from being a priest mm-hmm. and there are a variety of those yeah. now i wasn't prepared i didn't write all those down I, before no, but coming sim- in but, but similar thinking.
0: to impediments yeah. to marriage yes. right addictions yes. would be one right. you know whatever would withhold you from being able to take those vows at the at the end of the line right mm-hmm.
2: I think even discerning, that is he really discerning God's will for him, or is it that my marriage didn't work out, I don't know what to do, and God will still take me, and trying to figure out is it your own decision to do this or God's will for you to do this, and have you really examined all the emotional stuff that you went through?
1: Right. So um, discernment's always done in community that God may tug on our heart, but then you want to know what your parish, your Catholic friends all think, if everyone's saying, that's a really bad idea, but you're saying, no, I think I'd be a great priest. Well, it's probably not going to turn out too well, and you're probably not going to make it through the seminary that way. But you're right. You don't want to come into the formation um, of a priestly formation with all sorts of baggage um, that you haven't dealt with. So if you're recently divorced and just went through an annulment, you you want to make sure, first of all, that you've worked through all that business and that you're, uh, that you're discerning Honestly, not because this is uh, something else I could do, but it's an, an actual call that the Lord's put on his heart. And that takes time, and it's, there's no rush in there. You have a, hopefully a good vocation director, a good spiritual director, a good pastor, good friends who can help you with that discernment.
0: Amen. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the circumstances of the annulment at the end, you know, <laughs> first thing I was thinking of is, okay, so if someone cheated on their wife, went and gotten an annulment, that went through, and then they said, oh, I think I'll just go and be a priest. Well, Probably that's not going to go over too well with the you know with the formation committee that they, when you say well I cheated on my wife that's why my marriage ended you know not that there's not forgiveness not that that's not possible but that's something did you work through all that at the end
1: yeah and what what was what were the results of of this and annul- what, what's happened since what have you learned about yourself right all those sorts of things yeah are Yeah. You, I, I teach at the college seminary so when I interview guys to come in. They're usually right out of high school or transferring in from college. So I haven't had any direct uh, experience with someone of this. Usually, it would be a lot older in life, but um, it is it is a reality. And we do have a major seminary, so
0: yeah, it's a exactly. good question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've worked with a lot of second career seminarian folks. You know, whether that's been um, on a parish staff or. Um, if they were assigned to a ministry that I was involved in as part of their formation process. And so I've seen guys who have made it all the way through who have really worked through a whole bunch of stuff, whether mm-hmm. those are, you know, recovery issues that maybe they've had from the past. Um, there there was one guy who had been in a relationship that didn't lead to marriage but was certainly the baggage that he brought with mm-hmm. him to formation. Um all those kinds of things, and I think that you know formation be formation, as I always like to say, and I'm in formation myself for the diaconate There are going to be things that come up throughout that process that you that you need to work on and pay attention to, and your formators, if they're
1: good formators, will have you do that. Hmm. And that's uh-huh. the, that's the idea behind the pre-cana and the six months preparation for getting married in the Catholic Church. If you ever look at the front of a bulletin, it always says you want to get married six months notice so that you're not rushing into it, so that you have some time of formation, so that you're working through your baggage, hopefully with a good priest, deacon, lay minister, coupled couple ministry, that you're not just saying, I know this is my vocation, I'm going to do it, don't Tell me what to do. I'll figure it out. No, it's you're part of a community, and you're called to live out this vocation within the life of the church. So it's not just about you, and the church helps form you. And individual people have been designated to do that, whether it's diaconate, marriage, or priesthood, or religious life.
0: Yeah, when I worked with people in marriage preparation, um, we would give them one of those compatibility um, survey things. The one we used at the time at the diocese I was in then was Facet, and they would just have questions, yes, no, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. so like we've decided on the number of children we want, yes, no, mm-hmm. maybe. And mm-hmm. then you'd compare the answers and right. then you'd talk about the ones that they disagreed on. And I would tell the couples going in, we're gonna find something that you disagree on. Mm-hmm. You know, no one gets a hundred percent. And we then use, yeah. We use a
2: different one here, though. We use prepare and right. Rich, and it's always that it's not a test. It's about your strengths and your growth areas and try to build on what they do bring to the table and what they could potentially work on in communication or problem solving, mm-hmm. uh, creating wish lists, and we just try to continue to support them and that this is a tool for us to use to build a strong marriage. Yeah. Um, And all of our couples are supposed to do that before they ever come in a good six months.
1: I like like. prepare and enrich because it gives the facilitator a printout and the couple a printout has it's color coded with graphs. It's wonderful. And I really love the exercise. I do this with all my couples. If you're listening, plug your ears if you haven't met with me yet, (laughs) but there's a, there's an exercise where you split the couple up And you say, write down three things that you'd like to change about your relationship. And some of the couples who don't communicate well are they're like no no everything's fine and then then you say you're not getting back together you sit at that end of the table on this end and then the tears come and then it may be the first time that they've had the heart like this really bothers me that really bothers me and I'm like praise Jesus this is this is it it's okay you, you you don't have to pretend you're perfect part of formation is working through your stuff and bringing the Lord in to heal that business you know same true same is true at seminary, religious life, Diaconate. I mean, we're all disciples who need Christ's healing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I've done prepare and enrich also because we had to do it for mm-hmm. um, our diaconate formation. And we found – my wife and I found that the things that we disagreed on at the start of our marriage – are still the things that we disagree on now from time to time, or that we or or that we have you know arguments about whether mm-hmm. that's whether that's money or family or anything like that, yeah, those are the things that usually trip us up. So it usually finds the things that are not only going to be problems before you get married, but the things that may continue to trip you up along the way
2: right. That's the that's the goal. And I think the like Father Damien said, going through it with somebody is just a wonderful opportunity for them. Um, any of the, and any of the couples out there that are listening that are considering becoming prepare and Rich um, facilitators and marriage mentors in the diocese, please reach out to me because we've done uh, the training with about 10 people at different parishes, and it's funny because it's intimidating. The first times they're going through this, they're like, oh, I don't know if we can do this, I don't know if we can do this. I met with a group at St. Michael's on Scranton last weekend, and as we just sat and looked at the reports, and they were like, we can do this. Yeah, we can cool. do this. We can meet with couples and go through these things and help build their marriages. So please reach out. Yeah. Anyway, that's my shameless plug.
0: That's fine. And we'll, and we'll put your shameless plug in the show notes so that people could easily <laughs> reach out to you for that. Sure. Uh, hey, if you have a question of faith, you can send You can send that to us. You could email us. We'll put that in the show notes. But it's just my email, mhays at dioceseofcleveland.org. And, and you know, if you even want to send us a little audio clip, that would be great. No, oh, then, then we'll, we could... will play that on the air. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Especially if your question is somewhat lengthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be awesome. And uh, by the way, rate and review. We're we're actually getting a lot of ratings. We 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 have a four point nine rating on on iTunes now, so that's the great. High a. That's right. Yeah, high <laughs> A. And uh, said the professor. I hope I don't bring it down. <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's only if you rate it, Terry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh so yeah so leave us a give us a rating give us a review that would be all great to do and we give you a church to check out uh each week and we're going to go out to Oberlin Ohio and Sacred Heart Parish. Yes. So what do we know about Sacred Heart?
1: Well, I know that the church is at least the second church because I go out to Oberlin on my day off often and uh if you're not familiar Oberlin has Uh, a it's a college town and there's a great art museum there. And just outside of town is this little Sacred Heart uh, church. So Oberlin is a college community, but also like a farming community. Um, It's not Gothic. It's fairly modern, but it's very clean. It's It's very very well-kept.
2: It's a progressive town too. Oh, yes, the town is,
1: the town is. Yeah, they,
2: they have, um, John Mercer Langston was from there, and he worked with Frederick Douglass. I don't know if you knew that. The I historical did not know that. houses there, yes, back in like the late eighteen hundreds. So they're they've always been pretty progressive in what they're doing, and it's a quaint town.
1: I think the first, one of the first women to graduate college was from Oberlin too. Yeah, there, yeah. They, it's a great um, town for food. Like I mm-hmm. like to eat Aladdin's. There. There's a great restaurant called the Fev. Um, there's cool little shops all around, great quad. Um, but we're going to be doing nine nights of night prayer at the church and father Trask who's the pastor is going to bring students from Oberlin college and AJ Hoy's the campus, ca- minister. campus minister. And I guess they have some of the students in the, uh, what are they? not the consortium. What do you call the, the music group? Conservatory, conservatory, they, they conservatory. Who are going to lead mm-hmm. cantering and playing music those nights? Mm-hmm. So it should be pretty great. Come on out uh, to yeah, Sacred Heart in Oberlin. And Father Trask is pastor of two parishes: yeah, Oberlin's part. one, and I forget the St. other. St. Pat's
2: one. in Wellington. St.
1: Pat's and Beef Wellington. He
2: mm-hmm. gets <laughs> <laughs> to do both.
1: And what so. about the community
0: there, and uh, of the parish yeah. itself? What do we know about them? Like what's going on in the in the parish? Well,
2: I know that that um, at the Sacred Heart location, they actually have collections for the um, Oberlin Community Services, so you can drop uh, off like detergent, um, hygiene things, I'm sure. That's cool. And so it's bins right at the back of the church that people could bring things to. So if you're coming out for nine nights and want to bring something along, you could probably throw it in their bins. So I think that it's just with the progressive nature of the town, I think they're definitely a community that takes care of people. Um, I noticed watching Mass Online, like, all the people had their masks on. They were very, very um, conscientious of one another as they were going up for communion. It was, it was well, neat to watch.
1: Well, in the town itself, it's a very masked college mm-hmm. campus. So mm-hmm. even like when yeah. they're walking out, so it's yeah. interesting to go community community to right. see the differences. But you're right. That's yeah. that's Oberlin. Yes. Their, their mascot is a squirrel for the college, I think. I think is it really? I think so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, I'm, I'm going to look that up and put it in the show and maybe put a little picture of the mascot in the show notes. That'll maybe be funny. we can bring
2: the mascot down for the NBA All-Star Weekend to
1: the cathedral or do something fun
0: yeah hey why don't we talk about that what's going on all-star weekend here you know so all the all-star game for the nba is here in cleveland this year
1: international attention in downtown cleveland and so we're going to be doing some sidewalk ministry on the 19th and 20th of february we're going to have youth groups down here and young adult groups so we're going to be passing out basketballs doing a little sidewalk synod that was mike's idea it was brilliant so uh yeah come on down to the cathedral maybe come from mass yeah um
0: And get a free cool basketball for answering a few questions. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I think it's an
1: opportunity for us to be witnessing
2: to everybody. And, you know, we've been, even in the Gospels, it's always that we have to go out and preach the good news. And if necessary, use words. And this is going to be a way for us to let them know.
0: Mm, Speaking of the Gospel, coming up this weekend, Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11. It's the great catch of fish and the call of the disciples. So pay attention. What should we pay attention to uh, this week?
1: I think it's just great to keep in mind that peter was a little reluctant you know to listen to jesus the carpenter but then he does and then he comes to the seashore and says lord depart from me i'm a sinful man and that guy became the first pope
0: yeah that's right
1: so i whenever i read these stories about peter whether he can't walk on water or whether he tries to tell jesus what to do with the last supper whether he denies him three times that's the one jesus chose he didn't say you're done i'm going to pick john he forgave him he restored him, and then he made him the first pope of the church. So if there's hope for Peter, then there's hope for all of us.
0: Absolutely. One of my friends used to say, if you want to be a good disciple, look at everything the disciples do, and then don't do them. Because they really mess things up. And then I say, no, that's not true. I said, it's that God uses the things that in these folks, even when they mess up, to build a great church. And he was like, okay, you got me. That's good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it's true. That's, I, the, I agree 100%. I read the gospel this morning preparing for this, and it was the same thing. I was like, Simon Peter. Peter, man. I love Simon. Yeah. He just, Simon, he, it just resonates because even all the things that we do and when we fail, he's still there, still called him in. He realized it and and left everything and dropped everything to go. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm Abs- going with you. Yeah, absolutely. So this is Question of Faith. Read the gospel for next week. I'm Mike Hayes. And I'm Father Damien Ferrance. And
2: I'm Terry Yeoman.
0: And we'll see you all next week with your Question of Faith.